Welcome to TA1. Everything you want to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson. Legendary Chili Dog at my feet. And the vacationing Jimmy and Stevie are back in the other room. Chowing down on some um, veggies. They got to go to Barb's and go be the stars, quote unquote, of Birds and Blooms. Bird show and flower show they have here every year in February. So the flock's back together. Paulette's home and uh, all is good. So with apologies to Miss Anne-Marie Dunhill, we were going to kind of do a thing before all these things happened, but they, you know, it didn't happen. So this is part two of our Ben Racing Yoga Slackers Patagonia review and um, it's a good one and it's a long one i don't know if they're mutually excusable excludable anyway um you might want to save this one for uh, a long day of training or driving or whatever so i am out of here in two weeks to go to king of the hammers off-road truck race in california with the uh, Crossroads Racing Trophy Truck. And then I'm home for a couple weeks. And then C to C. I'm really looking forward to that. There will be a lot of you there. You know, it's always my favorite thing. So uh, I think there's a few spots left. So you can still get in on the excitement. And um, the fun that will be had. So go fast. Take chances. And uh, thanks for listening. And be safe out there. All right, here we go. Bye. Hello, it's Lars Bugail. Hey, Lars, this is Randy. Yeah, the legendary Randy Erickson. Yeah, well, that's what they say, and I'll go with it. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I had to. Chili, Chili was outside banyoing when you called. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. So. Well, cool. How are you? Yeah, very good. I just finished off uh, a day at work, and uh, yeah, I work as a ski instructor, so some people call it a work, but I can call it like a paid vacation. Uh, yeah, I can understand that. So, um, what uh, how, what level of instruction? You get beginners or a little more uh, advanced? Uh, this uh, I'm mostly into the advanced uh, class. Like I've been teaching a lot of years, and uh, I like uh, when when you have a, a client for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. So this morning I had um, an 18 year old girl that I mm-hmm. taught like three hours a day the last this year, 10 days in a row, mm-hmm. and I had her like four weeks last year and four weeks the year before as well. So it's wow. kind of a, a long-term teaching uh, relation. Yeah. So, so and we when you did, have yeah we did some uh, we did some uh, calving turns on a on an Olympic slope. I'm uh, teaching in the Lillehammer um, Olympic slope where they had the Olympic Games in '94. So I'm wow. teaching in that resort. So so we were training on the women Olympic uh, course with her and then 
after that I had like a, a three hour skating lesson like the cross country skating with a Norwegian guy so yeah based from both worlds yeah so when you're teaching somebody like that that's so like two years or three years what is what is her goal uh sometimes i just say the goal is to have fun yeah because if you don't have fun then then it's something you have to do and then you will stop doing it after a while so the the first and most important thing is having fun and for a lot of people having fun is that they improve or they feel that they they do something that they are having fun about and, and improving is often something uh, uh-huh. or like stuff they they struggle with get easier and then they uh, then they they enjoy yeah uh-huh. So this is just, yeah, just people that want to be better skiers, not necessarily racers or anything like that. No, no, it's everything from from people who just have been skiing a lot of years, but just go skiing and then they want to try new things or be better or use less energy or be better technical or, yeah, in all aspects. And then I try to help them with, with their goal. That's cool. So, is it unusual to to teach both alpine and Nordic skiing? It's a little bit unusual because it's um, it's two different worlds. Yeah. In uh, in the alpine, you have like big warm poles, and uh, in the cross country, you have very tight uh, spandex. So yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like two different worlds, and the people is also sometimes a little bit different. But I also teach in the, the combined, which is called randonneur, where you basically, with alpine skis, walk uphill, and then yeah. you ski down. So it's kind of a, a combination. Oh, kind of cool. So, but, but are you slacking off and not teaching any snowboarding? Uh, I'm not like a snowboard kind of guy. <laughs> I, I tried it three times, and then I figure out it's not something for me. It looks very cool, and... It could be fun, but you also have to, like, limit yourself. Like, there is so many things in, in skiing and that that I want to improve, so start snowboarding will just be too much. And yeah. we shouldn't forget that I also train a lot of adventure race, and that's probably why I'm here. Yeah. No, so, we'll, get, yeah. we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. People get tired of adventure racing. We want to know what people do in real life. So, yeah, um, yeah. How old were you when you first started skiing? I was uh, 12 years old. Oh, isn't so, that a little bit old? It depends on how you look at it. I was like, have been doing sport all my life. Mm-hmm. So um, I was ready to, to learn something new and already did a lot of other sports. And it's fun. The more sports you do, the easier it is to learn a new sport because you... The connection between the brain and your muscle is very well uh, wired, so it's easy to to learn new stuff. So I think it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what did what were your early sports? What was your early passion? Um, I started at uh, swimming swimming classes with my mother when I was like one year old. 
and when I and when I was seven, my mom had learned to swim, so we stopped both of us. So I taught my mom swimming when I was one year old. Wow. Uh, no, just joking. And uh, <laughs> and then I uh, tranced uh, into like some Boy Scout with my dad. And then I started normal soccer. And then I saw actually the Super Bowl in TV. And then I thought, I want to try and do this. So I started um, American football. And huh. when I was going into college, I had the, the opportunity to either go to the States and play there or, or like quit the sport. And, and I decided actually to, to give up uh, um, American football and along came Adventure Race. Actually, after yeah. seeing uh, Eco Challenge in the TV, I thought, okay, I want to do this. And then I started uh, practicing and seeking out more information about that sport. Well, that's cool. Okay, just one more question. What position did you play in football? Uh, I started out as a cornerback. But as long as I, I was doing a lot of uh, strength training at that time, so I grew a little bit in size. So I ended up playing uh, free safety. Wow. So, Good. and and then I was like a backup uh, running back and uh, kickoff returner. I actually ended up in the junior national team in Denmark where we played against Russia. So standing on the, the start line and taking receiving the kickoff from the Russian team was kind of a, a highlight. That's pretty cool. I never, well, I never knew that American football was anywhere near that popular. It's it's not po popular, but the people who do it is very passionate about it. Yeah. So there is like not a lot of beginners. Everybody who does it has like a big passion and and make it into their lifestyle as well. So that's cool. So, all right. So you watched Eco Challenge. Yeah. You remember which you remember which one you watched? Uh, I think it was Argentina. Okay. So what was it when you watched that? What what clicked in your mind and says yes, that's what I want to do. I think it was uh, something that it was kind of so close teamwork. And I think that, that the race clock never finished, that it was like going on and on forever. I think that was what uh, really attracted me, that it was so difficult and like so remote. And at the same time, it was like a competition. And that all the teams, you could really see that some teams struggled working together. Yeah. And I was like, I love uh, team sport, and I was maybe I can do it even better. And I was thinking, what would I do if I was like pushed to my limit in that way, and how would I react? And I was just curious to see how how I would do it. And of course, all the beautiful location they went through was like you cannot go there as a tourist, and uh, that really attracts me. My childhood, yeah. my family traveled a lot, and. We always went on hiking trips and stuff like that, so I already knew some of it, and going off the trail was interesting to me. And how old were you then? I was 
21, I think. I just came off the military and uh, was start doing a little bit of uh, orienteering in the military and I find that interesting as well. And combining all these things together was, yeah. yeah. So that was so, pretty cool. So, yeah. Yeah. so I basically from one day to the other gave up American football and went to the military and then along came Adventure Race. And I don't think I have looked back ever since. Yeah. Um, so was military training compulsor, compulsory or did you just go? It's uh, In Denmark, it's uh, compulsory for everybody. Okay. So you have to go to the military or you can do some uh, humanitarian work in uh, either in Denmark or abroad. And I already done that a little bit with my family. So I thought I will give the military a go. I knew from the beginning I didn't want to be sent into war, but I wanted to see how the training was and how like the survival skills in nature, how was they and yeah, yeah. just to, so, to support my, my country. Yeah, that's cool. So this is maybe not a good question, but since you didn't, well, I'm hoping you didn't have to go anywhere and fight, but you know, some people say that adventure racing is as close as you can get to that camaraderie that you get in the military. Is Yes or no? I think yes. I think the camaraderie you can get with everybody, that you have a very difficult task and you solve it together. It could either be in the military where you have to go from point A to point B and be out in the countryside for a long uh, time or an adventure race where you have to go through the whole race course or it could be like a very long road trip with some friends where your car breaks down in the middle of the road trip and you're in the middle of the desert and has to figure out a solution. So I think everything where you work together with some people to find a solution on something that is very difficult. I think that you will get this special bound. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> random question number one. When, when you're adventure racing, is it more fun when things are going good or do you kind of maybe enjoy it when, you know, things aren't quite as good? Maybe, you know, you're a little lost, a little sick. Mm, that's <laughs> a very good question. I, I remember when I first started adventure race. And then after the race, we made this big list about mistakes we make. And we were like, okay, next race we're going to do, we're going to be better on, on this. We're going to be better in this. We're going to train more navigation so we then get lost. We're going to bring more food so, so we will eat more. And these two didn't work, right, and stuff like that. And we were like training and, and racing to at one day get the perfect race where nothing will go wrong. But after yeah. after reading like tons of articles and Sleep Monsters and now been racing for I think sixteen years, I figure out there is never be a perfect race. There will always be one or two things or ten things or a teammate gets sick or uh, one piece of equipment explodes and you have to deal with it. 
or you one map is flying away in the wind or anything like that there will always be some something that is unpredicted yeah. and i think it's more about solving those problems than make them error free does it make sense yes yeah yeah, yeah. problem solving yeah yeah Have so you... i think so i think there's no solid and uh, flawless race there's just flawless uh, problem solving in in all, all this uh, racing yeah yeah well, that makes and sense it, and if it's and if it's flawless you're probably going too slow because you have too much time to think about stuff and too much time to deal with problems or or anything like that so yeah yeah it's have actually you... Uh, can I go on? Or you want? Yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually, one time, in, I was doing a stage race in China, and and those is pretty fun because the speed is so high. It's so high speed in China, and I was asking uh, Martin Flinter from Thule because I saw they had two uh, tow systems, and I asked him, Martin, how often do you use your tow system? And he looked me like. I was a completely beginner or something like I was a, a guy who had never done adventure race before and he said we use it every time all the time if we're not using the tow system we're going too slow so that's also a good um, explanation that to to go fast enough at least one or two persons in your team has to be like in the pain cave and and yeah. like suck it up and or get help from the teammates so everybody everybody is moving as fast as possible together. Oh, well, that's that's uh, unusual. Never heard that before, but I, I guess it makes sense. I mean, I've I've talked to people that said, "Yeah, you're you're always just going fast in China and it hurts." So yeah, yeah. But I that's think cool. as well, it depends on which kind of race. If yeah. it's like a super fast stage race with let's say four stages of six six eight hours then there's no room to to go steady but if it's like example uh, aws world series with a winning time of three four days then you probably more should go like solid all the way so of course there's also a difference within the the type of race yeah exactly so um so what I want to have you ever, well, or what's the closest you've had to a perfect race? Have you had one that was like really, really good? Uh, I think yeah. Actually, it's it's fun because um, the 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 recent um, year uh, I actually had a lot of of almost uh, flawless races. And uh, but there was a lot of struggles as well. But I think it's it was more flawless in the in the way that we solved the problems. Mm. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it's yeah you you could uh, be perfect and come to a bridge and the bridge is out not there. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, you can't control that. <laughs> no, exactly. But then. Then it's like finding the bridge or find a solution to to swim across the river or yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you kind of smile when you have 
when that happens, when, when a problem happens, and you kind of like, oh, good, I get I get to figure this out. I actually sometimes laugh. <laughs> I, I I don't know the English expression, but it's uh, uh, comic, but in a tragical way. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like if one of your teammates is like so sick, so he's like throwing up or, or anything like that, you're like, what the hell are we doing out here? Like, <laughs> he's not feeling good, but we still like try to move as fast as possible. Or a, a bike broke down and you like repair it so it's like look ridiculous but you're still moving fast or a teammate is falling asleep with with his compass in his hand so he he, he loses it it's like tragic like one person is pushed to the limit so much that he falls asleep while holding a compass in his hand and try to navigate but it's also fun that that the sport is like that that you have to to go to that limit and sometimes above that limit and I think it's it's fun but it's also like dead serious at the same time so yeah yeah, so, yeah. and and I think like smiling in in one way is like how you will deal with those problems as well because it's like so tragic at the same time I remember yeah. in run race it's sadly not there anymore but I remember one ARWS in Poland called Bowson Winter Challenge which was basically in January, end of January mm -hmm. and it was in winter in Poland. So it was like between minus 10 and the coldest night was minus 35 in, in Celsius degrees. So I don't know yeah. what that is in Fahrenheit but I can tell you it's cold. Freaking it's really cold. cold. It's very, very cold. <laughs> If you can take some water and throw it up in the air, and before it hits the floor, it's frozen. That's yeah. how cold it was. And we came to this climbing section where we, there was a tra traveling traverse that we had to cross with bikes. And what happens often in adventure race, a bottleneck happens. If you're too slow, then you yeah. come into a bottleneck, and then teams were queuing up. And it was maybe minus 25, and we had in this, we had a down jacket, but it was uh, very cold, and we had to wait for one or two hours to get to the turn, or we could skip like a mandatory checkpoint, and nobody wanted to do that. Yeah. So we were basically standing there, shivering and like hucking and like running a little bit around just to get warmth, and people was just like, "Oh, this is ridiculous." And then at some point, we figure out, okay, let's go and have a look for for some fire or some uh, some wood mm -hmm. so we basically like four teams scooped together and went out in the forest and and got back with like leaves and uh, and branches and stuff and and uh, fire starting devices was in 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 the mandatory kit so everybody could like start their own fire so within an half an hour we had this fire going on and nobody was cold but it was like fun you were in the middle of a race and you yeah. want to go fast, and then certainly you found four teams looking for branches and and wood in the forest, and then you have a, a fire. So that was kind of a tragic but fun story, anyway. Yeah, you just you just solved the problem, had a good time, put a smile on your face. What's what's better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we actually got some warm food in the end. So yeah. 
cool. Perfect. So you watch Eco Challenge Argentina on TV. How do you how do you do your first race? How does that happen? Uh, I started in TV and then I grabbed that it was called Adventure Race, and then I basically googled googled on the internet that uh, at, about Adventure Race, and then came up a lot of uh, web page. And one of them was Sleep Monsters, of course. And then one of them was like um, a sports college in Denmark who had this uh, this sports college where you can go and take education mm-hmm. to be an outdoor um, instructor and, st- and at the same time be like a, a teacher at a primary school. And um, the subject that you're going to teach outdoor in was kind of outdoor skill. And it was uh, Adventure Race. We, they called it American Outdoor uh, Life, like the comp- competitive outdoor life. Huh. We have this Scandinavian way here where it's like uh, just go out in the countryside and have fun, make a fire, go around, have a look. And uh, then you have the, the American way, which is more like conquer the summit, like <laughs> go to summits, like yep. be the fastest person. So we have the, like these two outdoor way of life, the, the Scandinavian, which is called the non-summit expeditions. And then you, have, of course, have the American uh, summit expeditions. And huh. adventure race is kind of in the American way of, so so they yeah. had that, that, that lesson and... I, I went to the school and started the education and got introduced to adventure race. And there was uh, a guy who, who already has done some races. And he actually made uh, like a sleep monsters, but just in Denmark. So he knew everybody in Denmark who was in the community at that time. So, so it was pretty nice for me because the first two years I was there, my... My getting into adventure race was kind of fast forward because mm-hmm. I had this guy that I could ask every question and he will like basically ask answer them and help me with everything and he helped me to put together a team and we went for the first couple of races in Denmark and yeah we basically loved it yeah mm-hmm. I remember the first race we did was a a 24 hour race with a winning time of 12 hours. And we came in to the finish line after 23 hours and I think actually 58 minutes. So we had two <laughs> minutes to spare. And we were still last, but it was still with the arms above our head, heads. And everybody was there because it was the prize giving. And everybody was cheering at us and, and we basically loved it. We came dead last and we made so many mistakes. And we skipped maybe a third of the checkpoints, but we were so uh, pumped and we we really loved it. So we signed up for the next race, and yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that seems to be um, a trait of race people that continue to race. It doesn't matter how good or how bad you were the first one. Yeah, you just you just have to do it again, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, yeah. I think I have won some races, and I don't want to 
say I lost it, but I don't want every race I signed up for, but I still like enjoyed even though we came dead last in some races and it was still the the um, the story and the the memory between the teammates I did that race with and the memory on the race course is still yeah in the back of my head. Yeah. Actually How... uh, from all the races I've been doing I saved the map and actually a half a year ago I had to to look and like cut down in some of the maps because it was kind of taking a lot of space. So I yeah. took it cut down and then I went through all the maps and I could basically remember every single race I'd done and with every single team members I've done it with and some one or two fun stories of one or two like problem solving stuff during that those races with those people. So it was kind of a very um, intense uh, trip down memory lane. Yeah, I, I I understand that. Yeah, you go through stuff. I, it, for me, it's usually pictures, and yeah, I start yeah, remembering. Yeah. yeah, what happened and the the stories and stuff. So, yeah, and all um, our races is going through your pictures, Randy, to to, <laughs> to look at how we were doing. Yeah. Well, good. So, how how long before you thought? You were good. I'm not a good, good racer. Yet. I'm not good. Well, yet. you're you're okay. How long before you were confident when you went racing? Yeah, it depends on which race. Yeah, I still think that some races I'm not confident enough, and I think if if the if you go to some of the more I will I will say every race is difficult, but mm-hmm. if you if you go sign up for some of the the longer expedition races, then there is a chance that you're not gonna finish because time pressure and cutoff times and everything is there that that you cannot finish the full course or there is something from the outside that that happens that you are yeah. not in control of or a long string of action make you to make a, a bad choice or unlock basically yeah. you can try and prevent unlock but sometimes it's just there yeah yeah let's so, say yeah we just did this year i i was racing with two twins from uh, sweden and mm-hmm. a guy from uh, new zealand uh, called uh, Tom Spencer, actually in your your, your program uh, in the past, and the two Swedish teams, uh, Lena and Sana, you should probably call them one day and and ask them for some stories because they're pretty interesting. Yeah, that's um, good. yeah, good tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were racing uh, Oregon where we we won actually, mm-hmm. and then we signed up for. Uh, Ray Televento, the ARWS Ray Televento in Argentina, and we were coming into that race that we want to finish in top five, and we want to race like don't look back, just race at our limit all the way. And we were uh, leading the race after the prologue, and came to a long paddling section, which is not our strongest side, so. Mm-hmm. 
within uh, half of it, we were overtaken by AMK, uh, which was uh, something we, we knew would happen. But we caught up with them a couple of times on some run inspections. And then uh, the Spanish spoof team uh, caught up with us on the, the kayak and the running. And we went on an, out on the long biking section and could, could, uh, could keep up with them on the biking and could close the gap a little bit on the, 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 the running. Yeah. But then something happened that we were eating something. I don't know what it was, but four of us picked up a very bad diarrhea which is something yeah. which happens in adventure race. I'm not sure if it was some of the water or some of the food. And two of us could, with, with medicine, we could stop the diarrhea. But the two twins couldn't really stop it. So they, they had really struggled to, to keep energy level high. So even though they were eating and we took it in a, in a steady pace, they, they were lacking of, uh, of energy. Normally they're super strong runners, but they was actually having trouble to 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 keep up with something very unusual. So we knew that something was not well with them, and we went on for the next uh, biking section, where we got the news that the booth actually withdrew because of an injury uh, on a crash on a mountain bike, and that slowed us a little bit down and said, okay, we really want to not do the same and and take it slow on the downhill, but at a crazy, crazy downhill with some loose stone, Sana actually made a crash which hit her collarbone very badly and, and she was like saying, I'm not feeling good. And then uh, uh, at the same time, a race car from the official came and with out of the blue, we, we decided without any deeper thoughts that it would not be safe for her to continue on the bike with uh, mm -hmm. like this injury on the shoulder because she said, I'm having trouble lifting my arm. And we said, okay, we should, this is just a race. It's not something you should like make permanent damage on yourself to, to continue. So with, without thinking much that we sadly withdraw from the race. Um, and um, yeah, with, yeah, with kind of an unlock going going down a hill uh, and and stumbled and make a crash. So, yeah, from yeah. being second place to to withdraw what's like within five minutes. So, Well, that's the way it is. But um, I am yeah. guessing, so you made that decision. Do you, do you feel today that it was the right decision? Yeah. To withdraw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because at yeah. that time, we didn't have enough information to figure out with her shoulder and the diarrhea has been going on for a long time. And we were not sure how it will affect them because they were saying that they didn't feel good. Yeah. And yeah. I raised and trained with those, uh, uh, Sana and Lina, uh, the last year. And, and they are so competitive that they don't want to redraw without a purpose so mm -hmm. i had the confidence that if they say they don't feel good they don't feel good yeah <laughs> let's just say yeah. that so, yeah i hear you yeah and i think that's also one of my i will say it's one of my strongest side but also one of my weaker side i i really don't like seeing teammates suffer 
I can mm-hmm. suffer myself, but seeing my teammates suffer a lot, it, it like hurts my feelings. But I know it's a part of the game, but I also don't really enjoy sometimes when, when you see your team members in, in really big pain, then it's like, this is just for fun. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How do you, how do you decide as a team when it's time to start um, quote-unquote racing? Like you're gonna you're gonna go hard, hard from the start and see what happens. If you blow up, you blow up. If you win, you win. How do how do you make that decision? I don't know, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. I no. think we have been doing the trial and error thing, uh-huh. where you just see okay if if we can go fast, we go fast, and and if we can't keep that pace, then we have to slow down. And sometimes you blow up, and yeah. sometimes you succeed. Yeah. Yeah. But but you really need to you need to get to that place if you're going to succeed, right? You yeah, can't. Yeah. I think the more experience I have, the more luck I get in choosing the right strategy. Does it make sense? Yeah. The more experience, the more luck you get. Or yeah. the more experience you basically have, but it's it's kind of a fun way to say it that the more you train, the luckier you get. Yep, yep. You make your own luck. That's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. And I really still believe that, and I made some good choices, but I still feel I have a lot to learn. So I no. feel very, still very humble about this uh, this sport, and I feel very humble that it's there are so many levels. Yeah, exactly. There are so many so, levels and so many things that you can adjust and so many things that can be improved. It, always. <laughs> and then uh, you combine it with like three other team members. And then, yeah. So yeah. So why did you guys um, pick Oregon as a race? I looked at it on the, at the web, and mm-hmm. I think it looks uh, pretty funny. And I knew uh, Jason Magnus and, and Chelsea and Dan, yeah. who puts it on. Uh, I've been racing neck and neck with them for basically, I think, almost 10 years now. Racing against them a lot of, a lot of different countries and, like, talk with them. And I really enjoy their way of uh, racing. And uh-huh. I knew if they they would put on a race, it will be something special. And I I'm not sure where they were living or grew up, but they they choose to to move to Bend, Oregon, in the states because they said it was the best playground for adventure race. So it must be yeah. something about that when when you move to a different country or different states, yeah. because the playground is better so from that aspect i i thought that it must be interesting place to come and race and knowing as well that they have been pushing the limit for pack rafting and adventure race uh was also a very special thing that when the pack rafting was in that race and they are some of the the experts in adventure race pack rafting what i call it yeah. Uh, 
it must be something interesting and very technical and and fun at the same time. So, so that was interesting and yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, uh, yeah. And then the, 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 our three other team members uh, thought it was uh, fun anyway uh, to, to go there. I think actually it was the twins. I can't really remember. I think it was the twins who approached that we should do that. And I, at the instant moment, I said, yeah, 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 of course. I also thought about it could be a fun race. That's cool. So that race was actually not with Tom uh, Spencer. That was with... Uh, a Swedish guy as well called uh, Mickey. Uh, hmm. So, yeah. But, yeah. He's a very strong uh, navigator coming from an uh, orienteering background. And when hmm. I say orienteering background, it's like top, top level uh, orienteering in, in Sweden. So that's, yeah. That's, that's uh, yeah, that means he's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Especially orienteering maps is very good. Yeah. So that 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 made actually one of the fun thing in Oregon because I came from a train a lot of orienteering here in Scandinavia and he comes from an orienteering background. And I don't know how familiar you are with orienteering maps. Um I I I can sort of read one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I go slow. Yeah. But in orienteering you you uh, you grade the forest how runnable it is. Mm-hmm. So if it's like white, that means the forest is easy runnable. So there is no bushes, nothing that sticks to you. And if yeah. it's like light, light green, then it's a little bit more difficult, but you can run through. And the darker it gets, the more yeah. bush it is. So the, the, the darkest green is like what you call in adventure race, bushwhacking. Yeah. And we got this map in Oregon, which Jason called uh, orienteering states. So we thought it must be an orienteering map we got. And we just saw it very brief and it was like completely white. Like some, some trails and then some high curves and then some, some rivers and then all the forest was just white. And we thought, oh, it must be easy runnable. <laughs> and we was kind of a bit uh, sleep deprived. And, and we changed to shorts because it was warm and t-shirt. Yeah. And the first thing we met was like the thickest uh, Manzanegra ever. <laughs> so we were in shorts and t-shirt and, and had to do the, the terrible bushwhacking. Yeah. <laughs> so we were coming back from that stage with our arms and, and, and legs basically bleeding. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, not not exactly what you expected. No, 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 no. <laughs> but yeah, that's again a mistake. But we we solved it and yeah, went on. Yeah. So how did um how did you end up going to Patagonia with with the team with Jason and Chelsea? And... Um, I think every time I met uh, yoga slackers or I met mm-hmm. any team who has done Patagonia, I've always been very curious uh, about that race. And, and from the beginning, I say, when I started this sport, it has, like Ego Challenge, it's been one of the, those races that mm-hmm. I looked at and thought it was very interesting, but at the same time, very frightening. Um, yeah. And every time I've been talking with people about it, they say that, 
there's adventures and then there's like Patagonia. Yeah. So it's a completely different ball game. Um, and I thought that was very interesting. And after winning um, Oregon, um, I, I talked a little bit about Jason as well. And like he said, like, now you won a, a, a World Cup. So now you're ready for, for Patagonia. And I said, no, hell no. I'm not going to Patagonia. I'll, I'll, I don't think I will never be ready for that. And he said, no, maybe not. But that's why you should do it. And yeah. then we talk a little bit back and forth. And like every time you see people talk about something they're very passionate about, you see mm -hmm. that little glimpse in, in their eye. You know, the, the emodio with, with the stars in their hair, the eye. You know that? Yep. And I could, I could, you can always see that with adventure races when they talk about adventure race. Yeah. And if you see a picture of me now, you, I will be that emoji with the, the stars in my eyes. <laughs> and and um, he, he said to me that you should try and, and pick together a team and, and do the Patagonia race. And I, I said, yeah, that could be very interesting. But it could be more fun actually to do it with a team that already has some experience. So the, the, the first experience will not be too rough and you can like ride along on some of those experience. And then he said, he was smiling and said like, um, that uh, we should keep in contact. And then he like limped. And then along we, we messaged back and forth and, and even though I was a bit sleep deprived after the race, I couldn't really sleep. And the whole night I was thinking like, I'm going to Patagonia this year. I really want to do it. And if I don't find a team, I will like put together a team. And I write to, to Jason and Chelsea and Dan and said like, if there is any chance that you are missing a person, I would go. And if there is any chance that you don't need a person but need a media man, uh, I, will, I will try and, and, and do some, some skill testing at you, Randy for how to be a good media man. And yeah. then I will go alongside with them to, to, to see the area and, and do some of the stages. And then there was a long time where Dan was not sure if, if he could go. And then I got, uh, got his spot. Yeah. So, um, I heard Jason said you had to go down there and train for six weeks. Is that true? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was my promise to myself. If, if I ever gonna do that race, I really want to be prepared. And I think the best way to get prepared is like do the race before, but that was not an option. And yeah. so instead I gathered a lot of the old race maps from previous editions and then I went there and, and did basically a training camp for five weeks where I did some of the old stages and I did some, some days alone and I reached out to, to a lot of uh, Facebook friends and other adventure racers and if anybody wants to go with me on this crazy mission to, to Patagonia and do a lot of the old race course and, uh, and train there in their environment and, and some came back and like said, we want to do it but we don't have the money or the time. Some came back and said that they had the time but didn't have the money and, and really didn't think that Patagonia was the right place to, to stay so long. And 
but there was this girl from Australia who had all three things. She had yep. the time, she had the money, and she had the, the will to come and, and train. Um, yep. So um, so she came along and, and joined me for three and a half weeks, and we rented this uh, the, a car and basically went around camping and, and training on the race courses. So, yeah. 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 Got a well, kayak that's... from the race organization and went on some, some kayaking trips and some hiking trips and, and went a lot of uh, biking. Yeah. Well, that's my friend Catherine that you went with. Yeah, and exactly. She... Exactly. Yeah. She, um, she said to me maybe the greatest line I've ever heard in adventure racing. We were chatting and she said, we're getting ready to get in a car to drive to Argentina to paddle to... Um, a glacier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I, I, I love you, people. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and along that trip, there actually came up some problems, but uh, we solved it. That we didn't have permission to take the car to another country, so we had nah. to go back actually and get those papers. And and when we came to the national park, we were not allowed to to put in a a, a rented kayak, so we we had to. To, to use those, but that's a completely different stories. Huh. Yeah, yeah. So you know, we, we had a lot of fun, and like you could go with a very strong person, and you can go with a person um, that that is is very motivated. And I think she 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 had all three things. She was super motivated. She had been training a lot, and she she already has a lot of uh, experience. She's pretty new to adventure race. I think she has mm-hmm. done it for three years, but already yeah. is like a, a very passionate adventure race and has an adventure race lifestyle. So I think within the next couple of years, you should really watch her because she will be She's... one of those girls that every team want to race with. So, well, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so how important. Um... Spoiler alert, you guys won the race, but how important was that six weeks of training for you, um, at, you know, once you got into the race? <laughs> yeah, that's fun because I think for me it was um, it was nice because going into the race I had confidence that I knew the race uh, area and I knew how the weather would be and I know, knew how the maps would be and I knew the navigation even though I was not a navigator in the team, I had some ideas what was going on. Mm. And by luck, I actually went on some of the stages that we did in the race. So I knew some of the mountain passes that we had to cross. I've done them in daylight. So I had the confidence that how it would look in daylight. And even though it was very, very difficult and frightening at the same time being there in in, in storm and, and nighttime conditions, but having the confidence that I have seen it in the, in daylight was was very good. And and uh, you should ask my team; they have a different different story <laughs> about crossing some of those mountain passes. But yeah, yeah. we could have yeah. done better, but I still think we did a pretty good job because it's not yeah. easy. So, well, it's funny because I've talked to Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That- and that's almost exactly what he said. Is is you did you did good, but it could have been a little better. And then hopefully this week I'm going to be talking to Jason and Chelsea, 
and yeah. they'll probably say the same thing. Um, yeah. How how did you guys end up working as a team? I think first... very well. Yeah. yeah. It's fun because uh, I don't want to to let all my old team members down because I've been loving racing with every single person I've been racing with for the last sixteen and a half years. But but this teamwork with uh, Jason, Chelsea, and Alex went very very smooth. And I've been thinking a lot about it afterwards and reflecting a lot about it. And I think it's because every one of us had so much experience racing with so many different persons. So we know how to work very well together with someone that you basically don't know. Yeah. Does it make sense? Yeah. I I think all four of us knew that to succeed in this race, you really need to work together well as a team. And to work very well together, you need to... I say it sometimes that you have two eyes, two ears, but only one mouth. Yep. <laughs> so you need to to look and observe the double as you talk. And you need yep. to listen the double as you talk, okay? Yep. So... So you need to observe and listen four times more than you speak. And that equals out that you're four team members. So mm-hmm. I think one of the key was that every four of us was very good and very uh, focused on, on observing on each other and listening to each other. And, 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 and always if somebody asks for something, it's not to... to to spoil something on the other team members. If one person is asked for something, then it's because he needs help. Yeah. And of course, you should always reply and help that person because if you haven't asked, then it was not a problem. But if he asked, then it's it's something that bugs him and then, of course, you should help. Yeah. Do you have to, like, um, like if somebody says... Oh, my pack feels heavy. Well, they're not really asking, but they sort of are. Do you have to be very aware of that? Mm. I mean, you know, they're they're not really asking you to take some weight, but yeah, 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 kinda... <laughs> kind of asking the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I so. think we never have that issue uh, in this race. Actually, if if the backpack was feeling a bit heavy. You just, already was like unloading your bag, and there was immediately one person who who could take some of the weight. Huh, and yeah. in the beginning of the race, we was very honest about how we thought the the starting weight on the backpack would would be. Yeah. And normally, I've been racing as a, an, as a, a main navigator, or at least a very strong backup navigator. Mm-hmm. And for this race, we choose that. I should not navigate. Uh, I should navigate on bike, and I should help once in a while with navigating, but it shouldn't be my my main task. So I will be more like a mule kind of guy Mm -hmm. and more like um, um, a helping person for the rest of the team and making sure that everybody was feeling well and everybody was was happy and, and in a good mood. Yeah. So, So that was kind of my role for this race, and... I tried to do my best and 
and um, I, I, I sometimes unloaded some people, and and Alex was doing pretty well as well with unloading other people, and and Jason is this guy that even though he's he's um, he's tired, he can still unload people, and he can still like find that extra gear that still even though he has a heavy backpack, he can keep up. And mm-hmm. Chelsea is like this badass superwoman <laughs> who who can carry the biggest backpack ever. And, and you're doing, she's looking like he, she has this little funny day pack on. So yeah, she's <laughs> yeah. so strong. And I was very impressed by all my three team members, how, how strong and how happy, even though they have a heavy burden, they were still smiling, smiling about it. Yeah, always. They're always smiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and having fun and, yeah. Yeah. So, how long, did you guys actually, like, do you sit down before the race, the four of you, and say, all right, this is your job, Alex, you're navigating, you know, Lars, you're going to be doing this. Do you, do you literally sit down and, and talk about all that beforehand? Uh, for this race, we didn't. Um, okay. For some races, when I have been racing with uh, people who are newer to the sport than racing plus 10 years, we have been sitting down and really discussing these things and putting in pros and cons and like writing it down on a piece of paper and going out and training with these roles and, and improve that. And 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 uh, and figure out if this is the right solution for Patagonia. There was no basically no time, and okay. everybody was so experienced that we were also have a starting plan, but we knew that it will change during the race. So we were yeah. more like, this is what we're gonna start at, and then we're gonna change uh, if something happened, and we changed a lot of times. Yeah. Of course, yeah. at some point, like. Both Jason and Alex was like falling asleep, and and of course I should go in and and help with the map, um, and 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 see if if I could contribute with anything, and and um, at some point I had like heat stroke, and of course I shouldn't be carrying a, a heavy backpack if if I'm not feeling well, and at some point my I was not super happy when I was navigating on bike, like Alex was supporting me and Chelsea was supporting me and and Jason was supporting me in a, in a super good way and and then I, I succeeded uh, doing my task so yeah. yeah so so it was more like for this this uh, Patagonia race we had a plan but we was also everybody agreed that we would change it yeah but in in Oregon when I raced with the two twins and and uh, Mickey we actually did a a seven-day training camp in in Lillehammer, Lillehammer, where I live in in Norway. They came, they started up their car and and went to my place, and and they was living there for one week, and and we did all kind of training and short training, sitting and chatting in the afternoon, and 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 a long a long bike ride. We was chatting and and changing stuff and trained a lot of transitions and had a lot of roles and yeah and then i think that was actually one of our um, uh, successes in oregon was that we've been training and uh, 
training focused for one week um, to, to get to know what, what our strategy should be and, and be as prepared as a team and really tra train our teamwork in that, that team. Mm. And both uh, the twins and Miki is, is so strong athletes that the physical aspect for them doing a World Cup was not a big thing. It was more the mental aspect and the, the, the adventure race specific teamwork that, that was kind of new to them. And, and I was really proud and, and even about myself that all of us succeeded that well. And I think it was the, the, the plan and the, the structure, as, as you asked me, we re basically sit down and, and chatted about it and, and made a good plan. So, well, yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, what's up now? You won two races this year. What are you going to do next year? Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but it's um, I'm um, I have been racing with uh, a Danish team, and for for many many years, I really tried to put together a, a strong Danish team, and and had a lot of team members and. Had a lot of good races with with uh, Danish Danish team members, but for some reason, either people want to do other stuff or lose their motivation or want to race, but not at an international re level, mm -hmm. uh, or get kids and take a two-hour, two-year uh, break or yeah. and stuff like that. And and after Patagonia, Jason said. Um, Lars, you are kind of a unsharpened diamond. We want to <laughs> sharpen you up, and we want to race with you. And and that was like um, an offer that I had to think a little bit about. But I was very happy, and yeah. I, I gladly took that offer. And and for 2019, I'm gonna race with uh, Bend Racing. Sweet. And, uh, we're gonna. Um, uh, try and uh, defend my title in uh, Oregon, but uh, this time the twins is sadly not going to race it. They're going to um, do a more trail running stuff, the, the World Cup in trail running. Mm -hmm. They're going to going to focus on that in in 2019. So Oregon was not fitting for them. So I will do that with uh, actually Alex and uh -huh. his uh, girlfriend uh, Catherine. Yeah. And then uh, a new guy uh, in bend racing, Mark Sky. He's, okay. uh, he's, he's new to adventure race, but already proven himself to be at the, the top level by two second places in the, the World Cup. And yeah. he's very, very passionate about adventure race. He's, he's living in Canada, Squamish. Mm -hmm. And he's one of those people that every morning he wakes up, he thinks... What can I do to to make me a better athlete, adventure yes. race athlete? So, I talked with him a few times and met him one time, but you can really see his that emojio with the stars in his eyes, and he's so so patient. Yeah, he so was I on feel the... confident racing with him. Yeah, I had him on a few months ago, and he's he's very yeah passionate is a good word and excited. Yeah, he's yeah, fun to see. Excited in a good way, not overexcited, but uh, super excited. Yeah. But that's so. also sometimes a fine balance to be excited, but not overexcited. Yeah. So that's sometimes yeah. what happens. I sometimes yeah. get too overexcited. And, uh, 
but that may be just a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. I actually, I actually heard that uh, podcast with him. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually now want to reach out to all the, the listeners and I sometimes put on your podcast, Randy, and go on a long, slow distance training, either in kayak or biking. And yeah, I just want to reach out to all the people who is uh, training right now. Make sure you, you put in some effort, but don't always overdo it. Enjoy the nature around and enjoy uh, the, the stories that me and Randy is unfolding. And, and maybe I heard your podcast or maybe I'm looking forward to hear your podcast in the future. And then all, to all the people who are sitting down in the sofa, it's sometimes you're just going to recover and then listen to the podcast as well is a, a good thing yeah so happy recovery to all those people that's yeah that's right recovery is important yeah 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 all right so just one more thing so do you actually do training for adventure racers like if somebody's like hey i want to get better can they can you can you help them do you do training uh, programs? Yeah, sometimes? yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I actually that that school where I I, I learned adventure mm-hmm. race. I got familiar with adventure race. I took like an instructor um, um, education in in teaching outdoor skills and teaching adventure race basically. And then mm-hmm. later on, I I took a university degree in uh, in sports science. So I have a master degree in in sports science and along my studies in in sports science I taught adventure race at the university for all the other students universities in in Europe is kind of a a place where you after your classes you can come and do some sport so that is kind of the biggest uh, sports club in in Europe some places and there was one team that was an adventure race team and I overtook that team and was the trainer for five years. So yeah. I've been training as a coach two two times a week for at least five years training people in adventure racing. And yeah. it, it's like racing by yourself and succeeding is, is like one thing, but it's also super fulfilling for me to to help other people succeed their goal and to succeed and see them come from a complete beginner on a city bike and then five years after they are like winning some of the Danish races or some of them even went uh, on, the, on the World Cup and I raced as team members with some of my, my students from the, the university club and uh, okay. yeah. And when I finished my university degree, I actually worked full-time at a sports college for four years. And the subject at that sports college was adventure race. So at that sports college, I taught a lot of people as well in in adventure racing. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of been in, in my blood for the last 15 years, either racing or teaching. Yeah. And I think some years I've been focusing a lot of, about teaching and like motivate my my students and do cool stuff with my students. And some years I've been focusing more about racing. 
and of course the, both can go hand in hand but if you really want to be at the top level in the world cup you you have to be focusing on your athletic skill as well and focusing on the races i've been racing yeah. all those years but some years i just raced for the adventure part of it and of course the cool experience and and be happy about uh, finishing or like have a great great race and and some years i've been focusing on see if i can really be competitive in top 5 and and don't yeah. misunderstand me every time i'm competitive but i also knew that my preparation is not for a top 5 finish yeah. in some years and some years it has been like good preparation for a top 5 yeah i understand yeah, yeah. that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, final... I, I I taught many years. I, this is the the last thing before we go on. That that is like a cool aspect about it because I taught so many years adventure race and and taught others. But for a lot of years, and I only spoke with people about how they did, and I never to be a student by myself. And mm -hmm. that's actually something new. You say that a good teacher is a student himself. And I forgot that that skill, uh, and I forgot that 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 phrase. And another thing is like doing the same thing over and over again, and expect a different result is stupidity. Yeah, yeah. So by that phrase, I actually contacted um, uh, Travis Macy. I don't know if you know him. Yeah. Travis, I think he was on a podcast as well. One yes. of the He's not Early so one. much uh, racing anymore, but when I started, he was uh, one of the, the big big guys, and I raced against him a lot of times, and every time I enjoy him, uh, met him, it's, it's been a, a good talk. So, so I reached out to him and, and asked uh, Travis, uh, this is my story, and you think you want to help me and, and be a better athlete, and you want to look into my training, and, and yeah, let's just talk about it, and... Yeah, and I hired him as a coach, mm -hmm. and for three months, I think, and I was super happy about that. Um, something he said that it, it was how I did, and that was good, but some other things he said, okay, let's try something new, and and actually one of the things that he, he, he inspired me was like systematic have yoga and systematic have... Uh, recovery and systematic have uh, mobility in my training schedule so that was that was pretty interesting and he's uh, a very very uh, serious guy and he, he um, if you have a question he said either he can answer it or he says I will come back with an answer and and when you get an answer it's pretty detailed and and pretty thought through so yeah I think he's out there one of the top top uh, adventure race uh, coaches that that I stumbled upon. Yeah. Cool. Good recommendation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, if, if, if there is anybody, uh, try some month and you don't have to hire him for a lot of years, but once in a while just, yeah, get some inputs on your training or other people out there. Like, you can never be too good to get some inputs. Yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably the most important thing that a trainer can say is yeah. you're never too good. Yeah. So. And maybe that's why that uh, the now Team Araya got, got new team members in once in a while. I'm not sure. 
maybe it's to get some new motivation and new inspiration in their team or or I think when Stuart Lynch joined the team he, he beat the team and then they thought oh he must have some skills that we could need and <laughs> let let's join him and if if you can't beat him join them yeah I don't there know. you go <laughs> yeah yeah that should be like on your 10th podcast with Nathan ask him about that <laughs> I will you know yeah yeah poor Poor Nathan, nobody likes him. I'm the only one that'll talk to him. So, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, cool. Yeah. It's been a fun chat. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, even though it took us like what four months to figure out how when to do it, but it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually now driving. I'm not driving, but I'm a co-driver on uh, from I, I tore skiing the whole day in Norway, and now I'm going to uh, to Denmark. For next week, I'm a race organizer, uh, race organizer in a Danish adventure race. So that's oh. basically also kind of uh, the lifestyle. Like if you're not racing, you're also an organizer. So yep. I've been organizing races in Denmark for almost eight years now to keep the environment or the, the community, you call it the community alive. Because you don't earn money by organizing adventure races so no <laughs> you have to be so passionate about it so yeah so. Don't